this show is distributed by SoundCloud. Welcome. Welcome to episode 147 of Texic, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. On today's show, we're talking to Stavros Korokathakis, founder of Historius, a premium bookmarking service. Hi, Stavros, and welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? It's very good to be on the show. Great. Well, it's, uh, it's nice to finally get you on. We uh, playing a little, um, I don't know, uh, schedule tag there for about three weeks. So yeah, glad we can well, finally get this going. Yep. Um, so I... Uh, I started using uh, Historius a couple months ago, which is your web app. Um, yep. And I guess we should start by just having you give us a little overview of what is Historius and why did you get started on it? Uh, sure. Um, well, Historius is a, is a sort of a bookmarking search engine, um, which the main difference uh, from the other bookmarking websites is that when you, uh, when you bookmark uh, a website, Historius goes, goes to the site uh, and, and indexes the entire page. So it, it sees what you, um, which, which page you were on. It gets all the contents and it uh, indexes all the, the web pages, just like Google does. So in the end, you have your own personal search engine of all the websites you, you visited or you, you liked. So, uh, yeah. Well, does it make a, uh, an actual local copy of it as well in case the site goes down? Yeah, it does make an, uh, a local copy. It, it doesn't include the actual media or photos or whatever, but it does make a copy of the entire page. So if the site goes down or, you know, if, if it has too much traffic or whatever, you can just go to your local cached copy. And even if the site changes in the meantime, you can still refer to your old copy um, the way it was when you first um, bookmarked it. Okay. And so for something like Delicious, I mean, Delicious doesn't do that right it doesn't make a, a cached copy it just it just saves a link yep. right yep it just saves a link and uh delicious uh, uses more of a sort of tag structured approach to bookmarking uh historius doesn't well it's its focus is not tagging or categorizing it just uh, it, it wants you to click and bookmark whatever you want whatever you uh, marginally even like so you can just go back and search by topic, and then it will find all the pages that contain that topic in the body. So you don't actually have to tag anything. It just finds the, the tags by itself. It's interesting that it's, it's premium. Um, this is something that you would typically think of as a, as a free product, but you've gone the premium route. I'm interested to know what sort of success have you had with that? Well, we have had some problems with that. Like people would say, uh, you know, why shouldn't I use Delicious? It's free. And... Um, I would say if, if delicious works for you, you, you know, you can just use that. Uh, but we think that uh, if you provide better value, more value to a customer, they will, they will not be uh, averse to actually paying you for, for your services. So even though we had some people um, be a bit wary of um, paying, we ha we've ha have had big success with people saying, you know, I like the service, it's really good, and I don't mind paying $20 a year for it. How about the price? I mean, the price points of two ninety seven a month and twenty dollars a year. Is there is there any science into in those price points, or are they just something you just just selected? No, it's it, it's not. IAB tested some of them, sort of, but uh, it's there's not too much science behind them. It's in the end, I just went with you know a gut feeling with what felt uh, right. 
have you had to adjust it uh, since you came up with the initial pricing? Um, I did. I did. Uh, I did try to adjust uh, to uh, actual uh, integers. So it, it, I did uh, turn it to three dollars and then twenty dollars because it used to be nineteen ninety five or two ninety nine or stuff like that. But it, that didn't make much of a difference. Um, I also tried to increase the prices um, to see if you know people would still subscribe to, uh, at the same rate. But uh, I, I found out that those prices are about um, as much as people will will you know pay for such a service. So, you know, I'm going through a similar thing. I don't know whether you know, but um, I have a service called Plugio, which is a Twitter client. And I'm going through a oh. similar situation myself. I've just put the prices up and all of a sudden, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no more signups. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, you know, there's, there's a, there's, there is a certain price that the market will bear and there's not too much that can be yep, done about exactly. it. Yeah. Well, the thing is that you have to optimize revenue, not signups, because, you know, um, if you double your price, your signups might fall, but not actually fall to half. So you'll be making more money with fewer signups. Uh, but which yeah, is we a found better scenario, which is a better scenario anyway, right? Because you yeah, generally, of course, yeah, that's the price support. you have to keep. Yep, exactly. You you want to optimize for revenues. Um, so well, we found though that uh, if we increase the price, then signups fell for more than the increase. So we decided that that's a fair price. And I heard somewhere that you should. Um, Keep doubling your price until you you see that you you start losing money. So that's the price you want to <laughs> yeah to keep. Um, yeah, we read I read that blog post too. I think, and I think we talked about it on the show. The guy, one guy says it to his friend. He's like, "Yeah, I started charging, making money." The guy's like, "Great, double the price." He's like, "What?" Yeah, he's like okay, he does it a couple times, and it keeps working. And finally, until finally, the price falls off, and then he kind of yep. back up a little bit. Well, that's what exactly. I've done, and I'm a week into it, and it looks like I'm losing. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, keep it for another week or so, and then then you can average and see what's going on. In terms of, um, well, first of all, I mean, do you mind saying how many paying subscribers you've got? I don't mind, but I don't actually have that number right now because I'll, I have the statistics of the users in front of me. How about a ballpark? And I don't actually track that. Um, I think a ballpark is about uh, 500 or so. Okay, that's great. That, I mean, that's, that's doing yeah. really well. So, yeah. um, Hannah, how long have you been kind of at this? How long have you been building it? How long have you been marketing it? Um, I've been building it since, uh, last year, I think about this time or maybe a a bit earlier. Um, and I didn't actually try to, to market it or, or, you know, I didn't have, uh, I didn't spend any significant effort. I just, I had the idea and then I thought, you know, it'd be cool to build this. And then I built it and I blogged about it a bit. Uh, I posted it on Hacker News. People seem to like it. They seem to find it useful. Uh, the server cr- crashed a few times because, you know, I, it was just a side <laughs> project, so it wasn't ready. Uh, then I upgraded, you know how it goes. And um, it turned out that, you know, if you have a, 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 a useful service, people will uh, refer their friends to it. They'll keep using it. So, yeah. What kind of a growth rate are you seeing? Um, well, um, I think we have about uh, maybe... Uh, 20 or 30 users a day, new users a day, which is not that great. But... Um, I think the, the, the competition in the market is a bit big with uh, Delicious and everything. And um, you remember a while back when, when Delicious was rumored uh, to close? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a huge sign-up day. Um, mm. And then, you know, I was by myself and people, uh, competitors, were, were all over the web. They were, you know, trying to get new subscribers. People, other people were fixing the back end. I didn't have time to... Uh, stop putting out fires to try and acquire new people, but we still had quite a bit of um, of new users that day. Uh, yeah, I guess the, the question is, I mean, I mean, so since that time, because that was what, like 
back in April or something, I think, right? Early, uh, mid, maybe sometime uh, in the I remember. Spring, I, think I think it was more than a year ago, though. Oh, was it a year ago? I huh. don't remember, but I just, I, a few days or months ago, I saw the, subs- the recurring subscription, the yearly ones, uh, coming again. So I think it was, that was the anniversary. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Well, Buck. The, I'm not sure. The, I mean, sure. You, when you say you have like, you know, 20 or, or, or 20, what'd you say, 20 or 30 new people a day, I mean, what's yeah. your conversion rate? Do you, do you have a, oh, that's a number on the that? Actual, uh, that's the actual signups. It's not uh, visitors. Oh, okay. So there's a sign. Those are people actually who, who, who actually start paying who sign up. or- Oh, uh, no, okay. no, no. Sign up for the free account. What, what uh, kind of conversion do you have? What percentage of those actually convert? Oh, to conversion paying? you mean to, to paying? Sorry, I thought you sure. meant the visitor to user. Uh, I, I would say it's, it's not that great. I'd say about uh, maybe three or four percent, something like that. So it's pretty typical. Yeah, pretty typical. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually fact, blogged about good. this. That's good. No idea. I think it was. It's quite good. Yeah. And I blogged about these numbers. Um, that you get, you you will get about that sort of uh, conversion rate. So it wouldn't be much higher than that, I don't think. Can I ask a question? Have you ever tried um, bringing the prices right down to like ninety nine cents per month? Um, I no, I haven't tried to bring them th- that far down. But um, I think that I wouldn't make any money after PayPal expenses. Uh, actually, I think no. At ninety nine cents, I would, but because um, well, I should try well, because that. Because PayPal have PayPal have a thing where they don't they they have a, a micropayment plan. Yeah, that's not available for uh, outside the U.S. and oh, in the U.K. Oh, that sucks. Because I'd yeah. just be interested. Even here's here's what I'd be interested to to see if I was you, right? Even if it can't actually make any money, I'd still be interested to do a, a test just for a week or two, just to see mm-hmm. what happens on the ninety nine cents. Then then yeah. then put it back up just to see how many conversions it gets, just to see what kind of a difference that makes. You know what? I'll do it now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We're live, yeah, so, people. This is yeah, we're live. Let's just <laughs> well, just to see what happens. But, but do you think that that will? That's a good point because will that upset your current customers? Will all of a sudden all of your current customers unsubscribe uh, and resubscribe? No, I, I've had some sort of offers uh, where you know I, I lower the prices a bit, and nobody seemed to mind that much. Um, although it wasn't permanent, because if it were permanent, people would start minding. But uh, then if somebody emails me and says, you know. Um, I signed up at this price. Why is it uh, lower? I can just I just tell them uh, you can just resubscribe to that price and it will stay like that forever. So so would you for this test, for example, say for one week only, uh, ninety nine cents, um, something like that? Yes. Well, actually, I've just changed it. So if you go to the to the page, you should see it. Uh, I think I'm going to keep it for a week though. Yeah. Historius is nope. reloading. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's awesome. That that really is a uh, pet. Yeah, that's agile. That's agile. So, but hang on. <laughs> now the only issue is it's ninety nine cents monthly, right? But the nineteen ninety five annual. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't change that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that one stays as is. It's an offer. Okay. Uh, okay. So, how, what got you started on on uh, Historius? I mean, um, yeah, how? Yeah, how? And 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 what made you? I mean, it's one thing to build it for yourself, but uh, also, how did you? What made you decide to launch it as a product? Well, I um, I had a conversation with uh, with a friend of mine, and I had sent him an article on um, on some topic I don't remember. And then a few days uh, after uh, after that, he 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 got me on uh, on uh, on IM, and he asked me, "Hey, do you remember that article about X that you had sent me the other day?" And um, I did remember where it, where it was, like the actual website. So I went on Google and typed the name of the website and then the topic, and I found it. But I thought, you know. 
why can't my friend find it if he remembers the topic? Like, why shouldn't he be able to just find it if, even if he doesn't remember the name of the website? So I thought, what if your bookmarks uh, had a full text search and then you could search everything? Uh, right. So yeah, I thought that'd be a cool idea. I started programming. Um, I had a rough uh, sort of minimum viable product uh, ready in three days, I think. I launched that to Hacker News. It turned out that it that the indexing, the full text search uh, engine couldn't index at all, <laughs> uh, especially with that amount of users. And then it, it was free back then, like completely free. And people Ooh. started importing 5,000 delicious bookmarks and I had to spider all of them. Wow. Well, what kind so, of index were you, uh, f- uh, of text index were you using? Well, I was using, uh, I think it was Woosh, the Python, the pure Python um, set, backend, search backend. And right. uh, that, so that's in pure Python. So it wasn't very performant. I think it was one page per second. Uh, oh. And then when I saw that, you know, we had more people and the people were importing their stuff, uh, I switched over to solar, which is much faster, like 10 times faster, 15 times faster. And I also switched the, the spiders, which used to be uh, serial, uh, which they used to fetch the, the one page at a time. Uh, I switched to a task queue with celery. Okay. So right now it can, it can fetch up to 15 uh, pages and then the, it indexes them. Another task indexes them as they go in the queue. Can you talk us so through um, the way that tasks work and queues work? We'd be interested to hear uh, Sure. Well, um, suppose you go on the site, you, so you sign up, and then you try to import your bookmarks from uh, somewhere, you know, from Delicious or your, your browser. Uh, you upload a file, and then uh, Historius reads that file, and it creates uh, entries with each URL in the database. Uh, but at, at, at that time, the entries are marked as um, unavailable because they haven't been uh, spidered yet. So what Historius does is it, it goes off and it creates, um, it creates 15 tasks. And then each task gets one item from your bookmarks and starts uh, fetching the page. So when it's done, it, it saves the page to the database and then marks it as uh, retrieved. So the, the indexing task then goes in and sees which, which pages have been retrieved but haven't been indexed and then indexes them. Is a task... It's a task like a, a little encapsulated process or something like that. What, yeah, what's a task? that's exactly it. Yes. Okay. It's just a, a small bit of code that runs uh, independently. It just takes an input and produces an output. So you can run, run as many as you want. They don't depend on anything else. Where did you come up with the number of 15? Um, that's because uh, if you have any more and uh, someone adds, um, say, a few URLs from the same website, you would have uh, 20 processes just hammering their server and it would be very polite. Plus, I think it, it, it's a good compromise between speed and uh, memory usage and all that stuff. Okay, so you experimented with various numbers and 15 yeah, is yeah, just yeah. what you... And okay, I think, so I, yeah, I think 15 is very good for retrieving because usually you're waiting on the network anyway. So they don't do much. They just wait for data to come back. Did you build your own job queue system or you're using someone... No, 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 I just used Celery. I didn't build my own uh, much of anything because all these things are available. So, you know, why re- reinvent the wheel? Oh, okay, cool. So is it easy enough to pass tasks around to other machines? Oh, if- yeah, yeah, yeah. You just write uh, one function. yeah. Uh, you add a small uh, piece of code on the top, and then it runs in, in the queue. It's just, it was, I don't know, it took me five minutes to integrate. It was fantastic. I that, love that's it. That's called Celery. Yeah, Celery is a pretty well-known task queue. Yeah. I know that's okay, really cool. big in the, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess it's, it's I know it's Python, but is it available for Ruby as well? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, the whole website is written in Python and Django, so. Okay. Um, yeah, I it, haven't looked at Ruby. 
is that what you build everything in? Is everything um, Python or? Yeah, I quite like Python. I, I had a look at Ruby, but um, I think they're, they're, Ruby and Python are similar enough that you wouldn't get that much of a benefit in learning one if you knew the other. Right. So yeah, and I, plus I didn't like the the syntax. I'm more of a white space kind of guy. Right. So you just um, and now what about the uh, the actual framework? Do you use Django or is it from scratch? Yeah, I, I use Django because um, because well, that's mostly what I'm familiar with. But also, I think that um, the the new micro frameworks are you have to reinvent a bit of the wheel again. So I figured why not use Django, which already had most of the things in it. And the good thing about it is that I, um, I could make changes really easily. So someone would uh, email me saying, hey, you know what? It'd be cool if you could do this small thing. So I replied in 10 minutes and said, hey, you know what? I, I already did that right now, you know, after you asked uh, for it. And then it's in production. So you can just go on and use it right now. And people were really happy about that. Right. What kind of uh, server infrastructure do you have to support? Um, it's just a, a small virtual server on Linode. Um, I think it's one of the medium ones. But mostly what it needs is disk space. It doesn't need much of anything else. So, yeah, it's just a pretty small uh, VPS thing. Hey, can I um, change subjects a little bit? What, yeah, sure. what sort of marketing do you do? I mean, what, what general, do you have like multiple different marketing strategies or single marketing strategy? No, nothing much. Um, mostly it's just blogging about stuff that might interest the community. And then people come in through those blog posts or um, posts from Hacker News or um, whenever something, a bookmarking site is mentioned, I sort of try to keep, you know, discuss or drop something in the discussion. Okay, cool. that, so you'll use that as like a micro opportunity, right? I get it. Yeah. 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 But I, I try to contribute something of value rather than spam people. Uh, for example, there was a discussion about uh, Pinboard the other day on Hacker News about how much they uh, how, how much their server costs. Right, and, yeah, I read that one. Yeah, and then I just said, you know, Historia's costs uh, 40 bucks a month or something. It's just a data point. Now, did, like you, did you launch with Linode uh, to start, or did you... Sorry, uh, did I launch did, with? Did, yeah, did you, did you launch using that VPS to start with, or was it like... Yeah, 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 I just launched with, with the smallest VPS, and then um, when, uh, when we had too, uh, too much... Um, when we didn't have enough disk space, actually, we had too many pages... I just went in, resized the VPS, got went to the larger one, and then everything was fine in, I don't know, a few minutes. So you can scale pretty well. Do you uh, back up anything like uh, Amazon S3, yeah. or what do you what do? You do? Um, well, we have, uh, Linode already provides you with um, daily, weekly, and uh, snapshot back backups, so it's, um, it, th we have those as well. But we also back up the, da the database to S3 with okay. uh, duplicity. Oh, cool. How, how often do you run those kind of backups? Uh, it, it, that runs once a day. Okay. Cool. Well, how, um, I mean, it sounds like, uh, Historius based on your, um, you know, your user numbers and pricing that it provides a, a nice, uh, secondary income, but probably isn't enough to replace consulting work. Right. So are you still, no, yeah. Uh, I do. Yeah. I do have, um, I just still do consulting gigs, but, um, it's, it's not, more, it's not that much about the income. I just like having a service that um, people, um, people like. And, you know, when you get an email saying, hey, I love your service, it, it provides me with, um, you know, I could, easily very, I could very easily find the thing I was looking for or I just love it and use it every day. That, I think that's more uh, of, um, of a reward than just, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. 
Well, I, you know, I, and I, I know this is a little off topic, but you're based out of, uh, you, you live in Greece, right? Yeah, I live in Greece. And, yeah. and I know the economy there is in really bad shape. So does yeah. having an income source that uh, comes outside of your country help? I mean, I would imagine. Oh, probably- uh, well, yeah, that helps a lot. But uh, as I said, this is not, um, sorry, this isn't enough to uh, give me a full you know, salary, but the actual consulting income is uh, much better than the average in, in Greece. So, yeah. What's the tech scene like in Greece, the tech startup scene? Um, well, I, it's mostly concentrated in, in Athens. Um, I have a few friends who are in it. Um, they've actually, they've just gone to TechCrunch Disrupt and, you know, I see all their posts on Google Plus and stuff and I'm jealous of them. They have <laughs> a bug sense of bug tracking service, which is great. Um, and, um, I, it's not very, very much, um, evolved. It, it, it's not that big, but there are plenty of good people and they're doing very good work. So well, why don't we, why don't we give them a little plug? What's their uh, bug tracking service? Uh, it's called bugsense.com. How do you spell that? Bugsense. It's, um, B-U-G-S-E-N-S-E.com. And it's fantastic. It's for mobile. If you... Um, if you have a mobile app and it crashes, it just sends you a message right on the, on the dashboard. And then you can see all the, all the crashes and all the bugs. I love it. Um, I'm not using it for historians because uh, I already get an email from Django whenever something crashes, but it's amazing. And they're great guys and great developers. Oh yeah. So then it's, yeah, it looks like they got a nice, uh, nice site up here. Being over in Greece, do you feel out of the startup scene? Yeah, yeah, I do feel out of the startup scene and especially because I'm not in Athens. Um, and I always see my friends going uh, to events and organizing meetups and stuff like that. And I haven't, I've never been to anything. Uh, although I used to live in London, but even when I lived in London, I didn't, I didn't participate so much in the startup scene, which I sort of regret now, but you know, it's never too late. Right. Well, um, if, if you're doing this on the side and you're doing consulting, I mean, how do you balance your time and what's, what, what percentage of the time are you able to work on Historias? And is it something you just do in the evenings or weekends or how do you balance um, it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, well, the good thing about it is that it is, it's pretty stable. So it, it almost never causes any problems. So there's no, there's no, there are no, there are no fires to put out. It just runs by itself. So um, whenever I get a new feature request or something, you know, I have an idea of, of, about something that could be uh, improved because I use it myself, uh, to bookmark things. I just, um, just open the, you know, my ID in the evening or after I'm, I'm done, uh, from work and work on it and then deploy it in a few minutes or hours or wherever. Since you started this business, what would you say are the biggest learnings that you've had, the biggest surprises that you've had about starting a business like this? Oh, um, well, there are Many, many. Um, for, uh, for example, for one, I, I think this is a pretty significant one. I, I learned the value of A-B testing, which is you should probably A-B test. Uh, well, not everything, not every little thing, but the, the biggest things you should definitely A-B test. For example, uh, when I started off, I had the, the front page was a, a, a sort of pretty big blurb. And then below that was the sign up button. And it was below the fold. And then I A-B tested it. And I noticed that the, the more, you know, the higher up in the page, the, the call to action was, the more signups I'd get, which, you know, in retrospect seems obvious, but I didn't, it didn't come to me. You know, I, I figured people read, but it turns out, turns out everybody just looked for the, for the signup button. Yeah. I, I see you have a big button that says get, get a free account, but it's white as opposed to being like green or some kind of um, um, know, different color. Did you test different color well, buttons? 
I didn't, I didn't test that one, but I had a, uh, I have a designer friend who was pretty opinionated about that because it, it used to be green and he sort of told me, you know, this button is horrible. It clashes. I have to fix it for you. Let me, keep it. Like, you're, you know, you're the designer. Um, but no, <laughs> did, did you see the, the sign up rate go down since it was changed from green to white? Uh, I didn't A/B test that one, although I should have. No, I don't. I didn't notice anything, any any significant um, changes. And also, this is another lesson that you shouldn't A/B test everything. I, it doesn't really matter if the, the the button is green or white or whatever. It doesn't matter if it's below the fold or or above the fold. But um, when I was A/B testing every small change, I, I I noticed that in the end I would uh, go into analysis paralysis and you know so just go on test 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 without actually making any changes yeah so um yeah you don't need you know you don't need to a b test every single thing like the the, the color of the button doesn't matter that so any much. other surprises apart from a b testing since you started the business any other um, interesting well lessons? well uh another surprise was that users don't really care about your product at all like you have to make it really really easy for them to do everything from from sign up to importing their bookmarks to everything there are a few people uh, who will, uh, very few people will bother uh, trying to figure out how your site works and even fewer people will bother emailing you if it doesn't work. So whenever someone says, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do this, um, before launching a service, I would say, it's probably your problem because, you know, it's obvious to me how it's going to be done. But I, afterwards, I realized that whenever something's broken on the site, whenever someone says this isn't working, this, is, this doesn't work, it's always your fault. You have to make it really, really easy for the user to do anything they like. You know, there's probably like a hundred other people who are having the same experience, but not emailing you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For every person, yeah, there's probably a hundred other people who just left. <laughs> so you, you definitely need to, to, to listen to your users. Um, although another lesson is that uh, most users will um, request, um, you know, each user will, will want their thing done or someone else would want, will want something else. So you, you do need to have a vision of, uh, I want the product to go there. I don't want the product to go there. And um, you should probably ignore the, the first the suggestion that comes only once. So if someone says, hey, how about you do X? You say, okay, yeah, we'll think about it. Thank you very much. And then just forget about it. Just delete the email. And then if you do get a, a few more requests about X, then you should probably consider doing it. So has it been easier or harder than you imagined to start this business? Um, I... Don't actually measure it in terms of easy or hard. It's been very, very big fun. So it's, I love it. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't have a purpose. I just launched it because I, I, I felt it would be nice to, to create a product and see people using it. I didn't, I didn't even imagine that so many people would, uh, would sign up and start using it. So it's been a great feeling even seeing that people actually do use it. So do you want to become financially free from this product or is it just still um, just a, like a, 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 like a hobby kind of thing? Well, it would be nice, but I, I don't want to sacrifice usability or anything. I don't want to put up intrusive ads or sell people's data or stuff like that. I would pretty much, uh, I would very much rather have it be, um, you know, pay for, pay for itself, which it does right now and stay online forever with uh, the few users it has now. Uh, rather than um, compromise the the user experience for making more money, right? Do you have ideas for other products? I mean, if, if assuming this doesn't you know blow up, become a much bigger uh, money generating um, thing. I mean, do you have? Would you consider just say launching like you know a second or third 
web uh, yeah of course uh, I have quite a few ideas um, although I don't have much time right now to work on them with the consulting business but I am thinking of um, launching another startup which I haven't yet found the big idea I, I, I want to launch with but I do have a few fun side projects to work on for example um, me and my other friends were talking about uh, a sort of game where you could uh, challenge your friends to do things and it would be so, sort of a social little game where you, you'd, I don't know, you'd bet that uh, your friend can read a book by the end of the week or whatever and then other people could join in the bet and stuff like that j- just for fun. Right. I remember seeing something like that a while back like Bragger or something like um, Bragger. Yeah, Bragger. there was something like that but I think they, were, they had money so you had to pledge uh, and then you you won or lost money or something like that. It, it did right. uh, get a bit of traction, but it wasn't so much of a game as it was a, a sort of um, how do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? A self um, self improvement web app. Right, right. It was a bit right. of a different focus. You know, um, uh, the thing I'm thinking about is more of more fun than actually improving yourself. Right. So, what kind of um, a payment uh, system do you use? Uh, we just use PayPal uh, because. Really? Uh, Everything else, yeah, everything else turns out to be a, a bit of a chore to set up and they, um, they want too much verification. I guess we haven't had too much trouble with PayPal. So I, I went with that with in, the, in the early days of the, of the app and just stuck with it a bit because it seems to work. So, Right. I was, we, uh, Jess and I have been looking into this a little bit more for our, our next project and um, we, had a, we were trying to figure out whether you know, PayPal is the right answer or not. It does seem like, unless you, at least, at least when you think of things in terms of the MVP approach, it's like PayPal is like the easiest, quickest thing you can get up and yeah. going. Yeah. And exactly. if you run into issues later where you want to have a merchant account or whatever, then maybe deal with it then, I guess. Yep. And I don't think it's, it should be that hard to switch over to another merchant account. Uh, ideally your, uh, your workflow will be the same. Like they will be billing, um, they will be billing the, 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 the customers each month or whatever you, you set. And then you'll be getting a, not- a notification each month or each year or whatever. And you just act on that. It shouldn't be that hard to change. Uh, also, another thing uh, that made me sort of go with PayPal is that there aren't too many good gateways available outside the U.S. So um, I had right. seen a few, a few good ones in the U.S., but um, nothing, nothing too good outside. Uh, I think Amazon has a good one. But uh, it's still not available outside the U.S., so I couldn't go with that one. And this is like Google Checkout. I don't know if you... If, yeah, if you I some. think Google Checkout is available, but I think PayPal does recurring and Google Checkout doesn't. Uh, I, I, I don't remember very well because, I, you know, as I said, PayPal sort of worked. Yeah, like I, I just got a bait invitation to Stripe, which is another one of these... Um, <laughs> kind of slick little payment systems that's supposed to work really well for developers. But then again, it was like, you know, you, it doesn't work outside of the U.S. or something. So I'm right. like, well, all right. <laughs> I mean, the problem <laughs> is our markets these days are, are global. They're not just the U.S. So you got, you know, even yeah. if you're like, well, it's only in English. Well, you got most of Europe and Australia and, you know, all these other places. No, so. it, it works for accepting payments. Just they can't pay you. So um, I'm not a U.S. citizen. The company is not a U.S. company, so I couldn't sign up for them. But the users would be able to pay you outside the U.S. Oh, for Stripe? Okay, so what you'd have to do oh, is... Then I'm not sure for Stripe, but the other ones, yeah, they didn't work. I couldn't sign up for them like as a, as a, foreign, as a foreigner. So is your company... Uh, did you set Historias up as a separate entity, or is it just a product under... I think your company is what, Stochastic Technologies? Is yeah, that- it's Stochastic, and Historias is a product of Stochastic. And uh, I have a few other ones which are um, about, you know, 
just side projects as well for fun. Uh, I have a, one I like very much and it hasn't taken off. It's, uh, it's called Your Pain and Pain is P-A-N-E uh, dot com. And okay. it, 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 it gives you a bookmarklet where you can, um, when you're on a page, you can just select the bookmarklet and then it gives you a list of, of your friends and you click your, select your friends and, you send, and it emails the page to them. So you share right. stuff really easily. Uh, but yeah, nobody seems to be using that. <laughs> on your, um, <laughs> just, to, just to change the subject a little, um, on your blog, I see uh, on October 23rd, you had a, a blog post about pricing. And at the top- uh, Sorry, which one? Uh, October uh, the 23rd. The Historias blog, because I have four, four. Oh, sorry, the Historias blog, yeah. So the Historias blog, you've got a blog post about pricing. And at the top, you've got, um, please help us with our pricing research by filling out our five questions survey. Oh, yeah. I'm interested uh, to know that- what the results of that survey were. Uh, not enough people took it. Oh, that <laughs> sucks. Uh, this web app, the price intelligently thing, uh, did seem to be to be helpful in in uh, choosing a price, but not enough people took it, so there wasn't enough interest for for me to uh, actually find what people would think. Although I think most people who did take it, like the you know ten or ten or so people who did. Um, Sort of uh, wrote in the price, the prices I already have, so it was two or three dollars, stuff like that. Huh. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what about the design? I mean, design, uh, design. It looks professional. Do you it, do you use someone who's part of your uh, consulting uh, company, or I or uh, <laughs> I bought that for ten the bucks out of, of Theme Forest. Nice. Yeah. That, yeah. That's well, well I, done. I, I basically. Everything like every every one of my projects uh, from now on will have a theme for us theme, unless it I don't know unless it makes uh, five thousand dollars a month or something, and I can afford to hire a professional. But um, I don't see why because with theme forest you can just have any theme you want, and they all they are all professionally designed, and you can just get them for ten bucks. Wow! So it's not just like a theme for a blog. I mean, it can be a theme for any kind of web application. I mean, is it just um, like a like a categories of themes or something? Yeah, they have categories of, the- of themes. Uh, if you go to if you go to my personal blog, which is korakithakis.net, you uh, you will see that 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 one's more of a bloggy theme, which is again from Theme Forest. So you can select which one you want, and their their web app themes are pretty customizable. So they give you the elements. And then you can uh, you can use them as you like. For example, the, the theme for Historias had a pricing page which uh, had the three or four or five or, as, or however many you want columns on the top. And right. then you could you could include whatever you wanted on the bottom. I chose to include a few um, a few icons and then some copy. But you can do whatever you want, and they, they have pretty pretty good instructions in in them in all the themes, so you can change them really easily. What about like uh, your Stochastics blog is nice. Is that also a theme forest? Yeah, that's <laughs> anything that looks nice is from theme forest. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you said you had a designer was, was, was doing some work on your buttons and stuff, or at least arguing no, that's, with you that's about just it. just a friend of mine who, who saw the button and had a fit. A criticizing a friend. <laughs> he had a designer fit? <laughs> yeah, he had a designer fit. Ah, he he raged pretty hard. Yeah, I have to change that button. That, it clashes. Well, red, green or white. red is very Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, it was a bit clashy. I agree. So uh, I just let him do it. Well, hey, you know, I, I like Christmas. Christmas is a good holiday. Well, uh, uh, what about the <laughs> what about the logo? Did you have that? Uh, yeah, the same friend again. That's that's a professionally designed logo, uh, and my friend's a great designer. Uh, so he's the one who designed that. Uh, his uh, website is ridgeberry dot com, I think. Yeah. Well, like, I'll I'll get that from you after the show because. Um, okay. We'll, we'll put a link to that and also to okay. uh, these other um, sites you've mentioned. Um, 
So, so it's your advice then to have a professional design the logo, but then get the the, the theme off of Theme Forest, and that'll get you. Um, well, it, it it's not it's um it depends if you're a bootstrap uh, bootstrap startup, you can't spend uh, two thousand dollars on on designing a site. <laughs> so I'm laughing because that's my, exactly what myself and Jason are doing with our stuff. Well, exactly. So <laughs> so for for the site a side project like uh, your pain, I just didn't have any logo at all, at all. So I just picked a theme up from Theme Forest. I, I sort of um, tried to find one that didn't have a prominent logo because I didn't have one. Um, right. And yeah, I just tried to avoid that. But for Historias, I had this friend, which I sort of, you know, got to design two hours worth of logo for me. And uh, basically, if you don't, if you don't have any money, just go with the, the cheapest things you can. And you know, I realize that that someone will be using the Historius uh, theme somewhere else, but I think that the odds of a user seeing it are pretty low, seeing it somewhere else. So it's not worth spending two, like twenty times or I don't know, forty times as much money getting a professional design, rather than get one from for the beginning. And then if you if you if you make it big, you can just hire a professional designer to give your site um, a proper branding and its own face. Right, that makes that well. That makes sense. I, I mean, I guess as Theme Forest continues to grow, the chances that people are going to use the same theme that you pick are are lower and lower. Um, right. Well, as it continues to grow, more people buy the same theme, but also they get more themes. So I would yeah. hope that yeah, one <laughs> cancels. Hopefully, the, other the number out. of themes grow outgrows the number yeah. of people. Yeah, exactly. The same thing. Exactly. I guess that's yeah. I guess that depends. I, I guess if you have a taste that's pretty common, then you might be stuck. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. looks like my buddy's blog. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I guess uh, it, it really doesn't matter much at all. Oh, yeah, especially uh, in the beginning. Is it, where is it worth spending three or $4,000 to, um, to have someone avoid uh, seeing the same design on a blog? I don't think it's worth no, it. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, Justin and I have been spending some money on, a, on design for our project, Anifu, um, and $3,000. Oh, so yeah. Well, but, but actually, um, <laughs> so I guess that's kind of a thing. I mean, it's a question is, uh, you know, like, can you get a, a, a theme that you that you uh, work for you? I mean, I really wasn't that aware of Theme Forest or that they had themes that that were flexible enough to really work for an entire. No, web no. Yeah, they have the the web app uh, themes, which are quite flexible. And if how many well are there? How many themes are there? Um, uh, I, I I wouldn't know. I checked uh, a while back, but there were enough to satisfy my demand. So. I mean, the, the other thing is, even if they're not flexible, the point is, is they can give you a look and a feel that you can then generally take and, and convert to whatever you want. The, there, that's also a bit of a constraint with buying a ready-made theme because you, you have to sort of fit your web app to what the theme does. So it does constrain you a bit. Um, but as I said before, if you, if you don't have money, you, you, know, you might be willing to take the sort of constraint um, and then change it later on when you can get a, your own designer and have, have them design the UX and the, the entire web app the way you want it. But right. um, I don't think it's, it, it makes sense to launch with, uh, with spending you know, all, that, all that money without even seeing that there's market demand or uh, that you can get paying users. Or like well, that. especially if you're a little bit of a designer. I mean, because if you're a designer, what you can do is you can, you can find a theme that you really like and then basically take inspiration from the way that they've done yep. the tabs or whatever and then just kind of put that into your, your version, as it were. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course you can. And uh, well, my problem is that I totally suck at design. I, I 
don't know anything. Oh, right. So I just went with the theme. But if you're a designer, you can pretty well, uh, even you can even buy a theme from Theme Forest and uh, customize it yourself. Um, but um, getting inspiration, I don't think, I don't think it would be worth your time actually, because as you know, time is money. So right. you, would be, you would be spending time recreating a design which you could get easily rather than spending it on something else. Is Theme Forest the only place that does this? Or are there com competitors to Theme um, Forest? Uh, I, I don't know. It's not my startup. But uh, I, I had seen something like uh, monster templates or something, I think. But um, those were sort of, they did look sort of spammy and not, uh, the, the quality wasn't that good. Um, the, so the, the only yeah. one I found to be uh, of good enough quality was Theme Forest, which are great. I love them. I think I think this is kind of going to hurt designers, right? <laughs> if you could have everybody, um, you know, just picking themes, templates, it seems like that kind of sucks I, for designers, yeah. I guess. I guess it commoditizes their work, but um, I think that if a designer... Um, what I've noticed is that one designer will uh, create a theme and then they will sort of change the visuals a bit and then create a new one. So they sell it for 20 bucks and they sell it to 100 people. So, you know, they make a good chunk of money from that one and then the, no, the next one and the next one. And uh, I, I think yeah. they make a pretty good living out of uh, slightly changing the theme each time. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt them that much because huh. in the end, if you want a custom design, you have to go to a designer. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Huh. That's really interesting. Yeah, because we definitely we spent some money and some time. Uh, on the design stuff and uh, I don't know design I find the design process sort of painful and kind of slow so even if you work with yeah. good designers it's just it's just not a simple process you know there's a lot of back no, and well, forth it's, not, and, 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 you know. it's the same as programming something you can't just have someone program whatever you want you have to spec it out and you have to specify what you want um, it's just that I think that designing right away again it depends on the scope of your application so if you have uh, if you're, if you're a funded company and have millions in the bank and you want to go for the best experience possible, you, it makes sense to hire a designer, UX specialist or whatever to uh, make your site appear uh, the best you can. But if you want to launch um, to a few people initially or have a sort of a small beta or, or try to get some validation and get some paying customers and then see how it goes, I think it makes, makes um, much more sense to have it, um, to have to leave the design until the, the second version. But then again, it will depend on your app. It will almost completely depend on, on your app. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, um, hmm, interesting. But Justin, you got, you got a question here? No, not off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that you were stealing questions from my question list. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. Where I've never, I never even saw your question list. Yeah. Come on. The email I sent. Guys, guys, let's not fight between us. We're all friends. <laughs> Uh, you obviously haven't listened to the show. We always fight. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, right. you, what was it like? What has been the hardest part of launching, and what have you learned? I'm like, dude, that was my question. <laughs> so, um, in terms of your consulting, I mean, has has has, has that been working out pretty well? Uh, I mean, have you established um, um, a pretty good, uh, like, I don't know, referral base and everything that you get consistent uh, consistent work? Yep, actually, yes. Um, I have a few uh, clients which are quite um loyal i would say you know they, they just like we, I, they like working working with us and we like work, working with them so they refer uh, they refer us to their friends or you know business partners and that's uh, quite a good living so yeah i would say that it's a, it's a pretty good business and i'm doing what i like so it, le it also leaves me time to work on other stuff on the side and Greece, is, you, as, you, as you said greece is pretty cheap to live in so you don't need more than a thousand dollars a month or something to live 
Wow, I'm moving to Greece. Yeah, that sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Although, the, on the flip side, you can't make you can't make more than a thousand dollars here. So, well, but you can fear, um, I guess, you know, contracting. Do, do you do you do that? Do you contract kind of globally, or do you do all? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. It's just it's all remote, so all our clients are remote. Uh, one of our best clients is in California, for example. You say our. What does that mean, our clients? So you've got is it more than one of you? Uh, yeah, it's me, and then there are a few other uh, people I work with, uh, depending on the project. So I might, uh, I have a designer, uh, which I might hire for one project or some programmer friends, which, uh, I hire for other projects and, you know, it sort of comes and goes, uh, the, they're contractors as well, but I sort of try to be the face of the company and get the client so we can work on the projects. Yeah. I'll tell you something. I love, I love island hopping in Greece. That was one of my favorite things to have ever done. Sorry, which one? I, I, my favorite things to have ever done is to go island hopping in Greece between the islands. Oh, mm, well, is, is that too, uh, too touristy? Is that, am I, um. Uh, well, uh, you know, they're, they're Greek islands, they're bound to have tourists, but, uh, no, we go island hopping as well. Although, you know, when, when you have something that's right next to you, you don't really appreciate it that much. Right. So, you know, who's going to go to Santorini who cares? Blah, blah, blah. Right, okay. <laughs> <But> no. <laughs> yeah. Summer's over though. And now I miss it. Right. So if you're, if you're making, um, let's say you're consulting globally and you're making ten to $15,000 a month as a consultant, mm-hmm. would you live like a king? In Greece, oh, oh, you, you would you would not know what to do with that much money. Wow, so that might be yeah. an idea, Justin. Move to Greece for a year, yeah. six months. Yeah. It's interesting. Like maybe you could give us a little um, a background about the experience of what it's like to be part of this kind of economic crisis that's going on over there, and, and tell us a little bit about that. The, the everyday experience is that nobody can get a job. So um, I have well, many of my friends uh, either. Are, are, are out of a job or they are in low paying jobs. And right now there are um, tax increases and um, salary cuts. So everyone, everyone has their, their salary cut to, I don't know, a hundred euros a month less or something. And then we have um, the, the, the new VAT, the tax on, uh, on food went up 10% in one day. So now food costs 10% uh, more. Hmm. So you have to eat 10% less, of course. Uh, so that's not, yeah, it's not a really good situation to be in. And, um, you see, you know, you, you see your friends not being able to, to go out. So you, you would say, Hey guys, let's go out for, for drinks. And they'd say, you know, it's sort of the end of the month and I'd like to, I don't, I'd like to spend the night inside because I don't have that much money. And, and do they think that there's a way out of it? I mean, what's, what's the general consensus of how, how things are going to get fixed? Or For the country, you mean, or for the individuals? I, th- I think for the country, yeah, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think there's a... I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody knows. Um, in the news, you just see that uh, some people say it would be better if we were bankrupt, bankrupt and uh, we just got it over with. And other people say, no, it would be better if we didn't go bankrupt and we sort of remained poor forever. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think you guys. So, should, I think I should follow the Argentina model, which is just declare bankruptcy. We're not paying anybody. We're starting over. Yeah, you know? but the problem with that is that Greece doesn't really produce much of anything. Well, uh, to my understanding, Argentina did, so that's why it worked for them. Uh, whereas we're all just uh, middlemen. <laughs> so, uh, what, what is your main income through tourism then, Greece? Obviously. Um, I, yeah, I think it's pretty much. I, I'm not. I'm not really an expert on any of these things. <laughs> I just think, yeah. We get quite a chunk, a good chunk of money from tourism, which um, as a as a culture we're not really that uh, well equipped to handle because most people are are trying to I don't know swindle tourists and stuff like that. So 
they 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 don't think they and they don't um how do you say it they don't think about the future they just think about making a quick buck now rather than uh, improving tourism for uh, for the country i will say that i went to i went to santorini this uh this summer and i was very pleasantly surprised because it was everything was really clean and uh, i was just surprised that yeah, a greek island would uh, have would be clean and spotless and everything was great so uh, I guess there's hope, or maybe it was because it's one of the you know main tourist spots, so they had to pay attention to it. But yeah, I, I did love it. It was fantastic. Jason, we we've been talking about. Well, I've I've been mentioning to you uh, this idea of countries like Ireland and Greece retooling and becoming specialists in software creation, but especially about building businesses like Historius. Like, imagine if the whole you know the whole youth of Greece started building things like Historius. You could be bringing money in from abroad into Greece by taking a model like that. Although uh, the problem is getting people interested in software development. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Justin, there's only a very yeah, there's a very small number of people who can actually you know do this kind of stuff and are going to want to do it. And plus, you you know, there's there's only a certain amount of demand for it. (laughs) You know, everybody doing it, right? Everybody's selling software, and who's paying for it? You know, it's kind of the cycle of like, you know, everybody's selling, and who's unless you have uh, unless it's a bubble where you have all this sort of like free money coming in and propping things up temporarily. Do you remember in the late '90s and the and the internet first internet bubble, like all the software companies, internet companies were selling to one another because they all had VC money. Yeah, but in the end, uh, you know, so there's there's only there's a limit to that. I mean, I think you could probably you know bring tech innovation, tech startup to uh, these countries and have a little bit of a spark there. But, you know, there's only so much you can do. I mean, well, I think um, the thing is that there, there is quite there is a bit of innovation. I, I, I do see innovation in people and um, entrepreneurial spirit and all that stuff. Uh, but the thing is that we're just not that many people. So we can't, of course, we can't reach the level of the Silicon Valley or uh, London or whatever. Uh, but I do, th- I do see people creating their own companies and launching their own web apps, like my friends, which I admire. <laughs> right now, so, so are 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 you planning on staying in Greece? I mean, does it work out for you because you can actually make a decent income, but then still? Yeah, well, that's it's brilliant because you can make a decent a decent income, and it's fa- it's, a, it's a fantastic country to live in. I lived in London for uh, a year, and the, the the weather wasn't really that good. It was just depressing. So uh, I figured if you could if you could come to Greece and uh, work remotely and make I don't know multiple times whatever uh, everyone else makes why not do it and you can then you can live and code on the beach. Yeah, well, this they say is that people's happiness with their income is relative to what everyone around you makes. So if you make fifty thousand dollars a year, but everyone else around you makes makes ten or twelve, you feel like the king. If you're making half a million, and everyone else around you makes you know five million, you feel like a pauper, and you know so. Yeah, right. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I guess if you made like even a standard or even lower than standard sort of like, you know, freelancer rate from the US, you know, Mm -hmm. let's say you're making, I don't know what, 80 to 120 grand a year as a consultant. Way too much. Uh, Still, like if you if you're making 40,000, I think it'd be pretty good. Yeah, so um, you, so you so basically you could work like a few hours a day and be like a yeah, couple hours a day yeah, and like I'm done, yeah. you know. Yeah. Maybe we well, should we move to a, Greece, Jason. What's that? Yeah, Maybe we should move to charge, Greece. Yeah, should. Um, but also I think people are way too um too focused on on material, uh, you know, possessions. So, I don't think you need that much to be happy. Well, you need much. a computer. Oh, uh, yeah. that's pretty cheap though. <laughs> Not if you buy apples like what? Uh, well, yeah. Well, well, Apple is one of the cheapest ones, I think. I don't like it. I don't like the computers, but I think they're cheaper than the than the rest. 
You do? Yeah, you don't have to buy like a $3,500 MacBook Pro like you did, Justin. Yeah, if you get a, if you get a small Air, don't, don't they, aren't they uh, like a thousand bucks or something? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah and you, you can code pretty well on that. You could buy any, you could buy a used laptop from four years ago and install Linux or, you know, whatever. I mean, the stuff that we used to write code in like eight years ago, you could still write, you know, your Python or PHP code or whatever on it. I, and you know what? Actually, um, I got a new MacBook Pro. And, and I had an old MacBook, which I installed an SSD on and then gave it to my dad. And then the five-year-old MacBook is faster than my new MacBook Pro. <laughs> so, <laughs> Why is that? What? Because of the SSD. It's so much faster. It oh, because the SSD. Then, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fast. And uh, why did I get this computer if, it's gonna be, if the old one's going to be faster? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, it's, so, so I guess in a sense, it's the, the, the bottleneck wasn't the processor, it was the I.O. Even on no, yeah, 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 definitely. It was definitely the disk. So if, if, you get, if you have the chance to get an SSD, you should definitely do it. And then your five-year-old laptop will be smoking. Uh, it's it's going to run really fast. Hey, I think, that, I think that's a Hacker News post for you. Don't buy a new laptop, buy an SSD for an old laptop. Yeah, that would, be, that would go yeah, to the top. Yeah. That would Although be think, uh, pro, pro Joel, tip. <laughs> And bookmark this blog post using Historius. Historius. <laughs> F- FYI. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you one more question about Greece. Yeah. So, you know, my, my wife is addicted to watching, like, these House Hunters International. So we have, like, these American or Australian or British expats go to, like, places like Italy and Spain and and I don't know, I don't know if I've seen one in Greece, but the houses are still really expensive. Like, if you wanted a nice, you know, home in town, I mean, they're still... They're not cheap. I mean, what's, what's um, the house? I'm, I'm not sure on the housing prices, but I think um, I used to work for a construction company that did sell uh, beach houses to foreigners. Um, and I think they went for around uh, 150,000 to 200,000 euros. I'm not sure if that's expensive or not, but... No, uh, not um, for a beach house. I mean, assuming it's like not just like a one bedroom, you know, or two, I mean, like mm, just like, you know, two or three bedrooms or something. You know, for uh, a family. I, I think they weren't that big, and I think they were a bit a, a bit far from the beach. They had they had all sorts, but those are the the going prices, I think. Did you Which know that you be- were coming onto a show about house prices and economy <laughs> and Greece? From what I I I listened to, I didn't know. I did I I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it, Justin. I think I think uh, I think Greece has to be the location. I think one of us is going to have to move there for a year. And yeah, I think you guys like, should. Uh, I think you should. You should both move here, actually, and you know, sort of uh, have a vacation where you build your products. And I think you're going to enjoy enjoy it really. That would really be much. great. That maybe would for be like awesome. a, maybe like for like a summer when the kids are out of school, we could like go there mm-hmm. and just spend summer in Greece and yep. rent a place. When yeah, the kids are out good. of school in twenty years' time, or when the kids are out of no, school? No, I mean out, out for the summer. Out for the summer. You, <laughs> you and Georgie could take off now, obviously, but uh, we have three kids, so it's not like we can just take off for like easily for a year because then you have to get kids over there and get them in school and do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We should do that to build any food. Let's do that this summer. Yep. Go to. I think you. I think you're gonna love it. I think you. You won't want to want to leave. Wow. Huh. That yeah. sounds like a, that sounds like an idea. We'll have to think about that. Well, and where are you located exactly? Uh, in Macedonia, uh, which is at the north of Greece. We have okay. a bit of prob- a problem with the name, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so because we'll be crashing at your place, right? Yeah. So- oh, yeah, sure. You you guys can come whenever. <laughs> awesome. You're All right, great. and well, uh, so you, you're welcome up here too. Yeah. Do you ever oh, head thank over? Thank you very to- much. Sorry. Do you ever head? Do you ever come to the U.S. or California for? Uh, um, uh, yeah, stuff. I did come. Uh, I did come to um, San Francisco for Y Combinator last year for Historias, actually, which I didn't get. 
Uh, and then I went to Los Angeles. Oh, oh, you, came and did a, oh, you, oh you came for a, um, for a interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did get the interview, but I didn't actually uh, get in the program. Uh, and then I went to Los Angeles, which was the best vacation I've ever had. And I hope to repeat it again next month. Well, we're based in LA. So if you come yeah. to LA, oh, shoot us well, that's email. fantastic. Yeah. Just, yeah. just bring us an email. Let's go out and have some drinks. Although Jason doesn't drink, yeah. but he'll drink some milk while you and I drink. I mass. don't drink either. So we can, oh, we can no. share some. Yeah. Well, Justin, yeah. you're not supposed to be drinking anyway, right? Remember you got diabetes? Okay, no fair drinking. enough. All right. Cut it out. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, I have to remind him like his mother. I'm like, what are you doing drinking again? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I would ask you the one question, you know, that was just one interesting topic real quick is the why, why Combinator uh, thing. So you decided to apply for that for the story. So is, did they not like the idea or did they not like it that it, you were a single founder or did you hear? Um, I, think, I think there were, there, there were a few things uh, going against me, uh, which were uh, one that I was a single founder and their feedback was that I was a bit uh, too obstinate and that um, they wanted someone who was uh, more willing to change the idea. But, you know, it, it was, I think it was just, a, it, it was a 10 minute uh, conversation. So, uh, you know, I might have given, given them the, the wrong impression or something, but. Uh, well, there's a lot of other incubators these days now. It's like the one pops up uh, everywhere. Are you thinking about trying that again or is it just. No, I wasn't that interested. I just wanted to go to Y Combinator because of the experience and everything. And I, I wasn't that big on going to an incubator. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, well, I guess Y Combinator has its own experience. And I guess if you yeah. were there. For the three months, and you kind of got to meet everybody. I mean, you could, you create like a huge social network, and it would be. I guess yeah, exactly. that would be an interesting experience in and of itself. That's yeah, that's what I wanted to go for, and I did. I did get to, uh, you know, meet Paul Graham and everyone. So it was a good experience. Even kind of like want to meet the Wizard of Oz or something, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I clicked my heels three times, and I went. I was back. <laughs> Macedonia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Justin, I guess that's it, right? You're, you're, you're waiting to put a cap on the show. Yep. It's been a very good show. Um, and I think that's great. Um, what you've been doing with, uh, Historius, uh, keep going and, and keep us posted if any new stuff happens on it. I will do. And thank you guys very much for having me on the show. It has been, a, it's been great talking to you and yeah, I'll, I'll send I'll shoot you an email, uh, if I'm in LA. Awesome. Absolutely do that. We'd, we'd love to hang out with you for a night. Yeah, um, so yeah, well, yeah, we wish you the best of luck with the stories. Thanks again for coming on the Thank show. Thank you very much. And, uh, Thank you guys. All right. Yep. That's a wrap. We're out. Yeah.